Do you know that from your position you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shedmo Baji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Let's have a word of prayer as we get into uh, Bible study. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so very much for the entrance of your word. Gives light and understanding to the simple. Our hearts are open to receive your word today. And we're asking you, Father, that your word will come to everyone here present. And those that will listen to this broadcast thereafter. That the word of the Lord will be strong in their hearts. Directing their steps unto restoration and perfection of all that concerns them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God Almighty, we are ready to receive your word. Now speak to us, speak to our lives, speak to our situations by the word of the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We rebuke every foul spirit that seeks to militate against the speaking and hearing of the word of God. We come against you right now. You have no place and you have no part in this transaction. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, once again, welcome to Bible study in Jesus' name. And today we're going to be studying God's word along the lines of the pattern of restoration in scriptures. All right, um, God's order or pattern of restoration um, in scriptures. Okay, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, we'll start reading here from verse 1. And I want us to um, see this pattern here. Um, in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Okay? So the situation of the earth at the time of creation here, the Bible tells us that the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So that means it was a chaotic situation. It was a situation of hopelessness, so to speak. It was a situation of vanity. There was no substance on the earth. Everything was dark. Everything was bleak. Everything was chaotic. And then the Bible tells us that the first agent of restoration God released was the spirit of the living God. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of the living God moved upon the face of the waters. Not just, you know, standing or sitting upon the face of the waters, but moving. Another translation says hovering. That means the Spirit of the living God hovered upon the face of the waters. And then God said... So the first agent of restoration here, according to God's order, is the Spirit of God moving upon that hopeless situation, moving upon the chaotic situation, moving upon that dark situation, all right? The move of the Spirit over it. And then the Bible tells us in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1, and God said, that means another agent of restoration was introduced to change and transform the situation. 
And that agent is the word of God, the spoken word of God. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Glory to God. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, the Bible tells us that when God said, let there be light, he actually commanded the light to shine out of darkness. And God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. So, it was not just God uh, wishing all right, there was light or just wishing or hoping that light will come into that dark situation, but God commanded it. So the spoken word here is a word of God's command. Glory to God. And God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. It says that same God has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we see primarily here two agents of transformation, namely the spirit, not just the spirit being present, as in, you know, static or stationed at one point, but the spirit moving. That means the, the move of the spirit, the hovering, the brooding of the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And then secondly, we saw that God spoke the spoken word, not the written word here. All right, not the meditative word, the spoken word, and not just speaking it as in just telling a story or telling something, but speaking it with an authoritative commanding tone. All right, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. So, two agents of transformation here the move of the Spirit, the Spirit of God moving upon the face of the waters, and the spoken word, the commanded word. Hallelujah. The commanded word. Praise God. Now, if we read through scriptures, this pattern is an established pattern. Anytime there's a hopeless situation and God wants to restore it, he wants to bring hope um, to that hopelessness, the spirit always moves and then the word always goes forth, the spoken word. Now, so let's look at um, Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37, that is the pattern established there again. Ezekiel 37, we started reading from verse 1. The Bible tells us, it says, and the hand of the Lord was upon me. This is the prophet Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord came upon him and carried him out in the spirit of the Lord. That means the hand of the Lord came upon him, carried him out in the spirit of the Lord. Now the hand of the Lord and the spirit of God, all right, um, are one and the same. Praise God. Okay? So the Spirit of God carried him. The hand of the Lord was upon him. All right? And carried him and set him down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. The midst of the valley full of bones. Okay? And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. Hopeless situation. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And verse 4, again he said unto me, prophesy, okay, upon these bones and say unto them, Hold ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Okay, and thus said the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Commanded prophecy. So we saw the hand of the Lord, all right, come upon him and the spirit of God carried him 
and set him in the valley of dry bones. Behold, they were very dry. And then God asked him if those bones could live again. And he said, Lord God, thou knowest. And then the Lord commanded him, prophesy. And then he prophesied according to that command. And what happened thereafter? The Bible says, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Bone to bone. And the Bible tells us, bone to bone. Okay? Bone to bone. Praise God. Okay? So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. Born to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. And then the Bible tells us, then said he unto me, the Lord spoke to him, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this slain, that they may live. And verse 10 tells us, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Glory to God. Okay? So we see those two agents of transformation again, the hand of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, upon the prophet, and the commanded word, the spoken word, commanded by the Lord. Okay? So, those two agents, and what happened from dry bones, very dry bones, and the Bible says they stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. And that is restoration. Glory to God. Amen. Now, that order is established again here in the book of Ezekiel. And then we'll read on in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, how Jesus Christ brought restoration to Israel in his earthly ministry. The Bible tells us that at, when he was 30 years old, when he moved to Jordan to be baptized, and he was on the queue. And when it was his turn to be baptized, John the Baptist said, look, I'm not even worthy to baptize you. He said, so far to be so, allow it to be so. So he was baptized there, and the heavens opened. The Spirit of the Lord God alighted upon him like a dove. And the Bible tells us that his earthly ministry began. In fact, the Apostle Peter summarized it this way when he was preaching at the house of Cornelius in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10 and verse 38. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He then went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself came upon him and mantled him. He was mantled by the Holy Spirit. He was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And then he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, how did he heal the sick? How did Jesus heal the sick? The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 8, if you start reading from verse 16. Matthew 8 and verse 16, it says, When it was evening, all right, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. He spoke to them, and while he was speaking to them, the healing power of God touched them, and they were made whole. So he cast out devils with his word. Now, what word? 
commanded word, authoritative word. But don't forget where, you know, those words came from. They emanated from the impact, the influence of the Holy Spirit upon him. And people were restored. All right? The sick were made whole. The blind saw, the deaf heard, the dumb spoke, the lepers were cleansed, the dead were raised back to life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the poor had the gospel preached to them. Now, you see the impact of the spirit and the spoken word. These are the two major agents of restoration. Anytime God will restore, he will cause his spirit to move. All right, upon that which seeks to be restored or that which needs to be restored. And then there's a spoken word that gives direction to the flow of God's power. Glory to God. And the power of God goes into operation according to the commanded word and gets the job done. Can someone say amen to that? Now, God's word is so powerful because God himself is almighty. The Bible says he upholds all things by the word of his power. So when the word of God goes forth under the influence of the Holy Spirit, there is the power of God released to bring to pass the will of God. To accomplish the will of God. Glory to God. That's very important. The power of God goes into operation directed by the word of faith spoken in authority, in command. Okay? You command it. It says God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. It's not suggesting it or just saying it. All right? You command it. Why? Because the commanded word is what commands the flow of the power of God. Amen. Jesus taught his disciples faith how to um, move mountains. He just caused the fig tree and it dried to the root. And Jesus said to them, this is how to make it happen. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Another translation says, whosoever shall command this mountain, be thou removed. That word be thou removed there actually shows command. It's in the imperative in Greek. It means be removed now. Not that you may be removed. No. Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Glory to God. So we see here again that the agents of restoration, primarily the move of the spirit upon the one who seeks restoration all right, or the thing that is meant to be restored or is to be restored, and then the spoken word commanded to bring about restoration. Glory to God. Now, the same electricity that causes the TV set to walk, all right, and give pictures, show pictures on the screen, is the same electricity that uh, produces sound in a radio set. The same electricity flows through the air conditioner and then he blows cool air. Same electricity. But you see, the electricity is commanded to do different things in different devices depending on the arrangement of the uh, gadgets or arrangement of the diodes, electrical you know, gadgets in that particular device telling the electricity to work in a certain way. In the same vein, when you command 
the power of God. The same power of God that opens the eyes of the blind is the same power of God that provides money supernaturally and brings you into favor with men. It's the same power. It's the same power. That same power is given the direction of action, direction of mission, a projectile. You give that power a projectile by speaking words. So you see, words of faith actually give direction to the power of God. For example, the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus' healing ministry and she believed. In her heart, she said to herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She came, pressed behind, you know, the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And the Bible tells us that she felt in her body that the issue of blood had dried up. Now, the same power that healed her of the issue of blood was the same power that raised Jehoiarus' daughter from death. Same power. Glory to God. Same power. (laughs) But what's the difference? Faith. Jairus believed differently. All right? And so the power of God worked to bring forth the physical manifestation of his faith. The woman with the issue of blood believed to have that issue dried up. And it happened according to her faith. So we see here the place of speaking words of faith according to the will of God, the word of God, speaking it in command, in command. Can someone say amen to that? You command it. You don't suggest it. It's a commanded word. It's a commanded word. Hallelujah. It's a commanded word. Now, restoration for you is different from restoration for me. All right, that means what you want restored in your life may be different from what I want restored in my life. What I term as restoration may not be your own terminology or definition of restoration. Okay, yours may be in the area of finance. All right, mine may be in the area of health or in my personal work with God. Glory to God. But the most important thing here is that you understand the agents involved in bringing about restoration, the move of the Spirit of God and the commanded word, the spoken word, commanded, not suggested, commanded, 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 glory to God, commanded. Now, the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 15, Isaiah 32 and verse 15, it says, until the Spirit be poured Upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest, until the Spirit be poured from on high. Now, the Spirit of God poured out, that is the move of the Spirit of God. That's the move of the Spirit. All right? When the Spirit gets to moving, awesome things are wrought. Glory to God. Marvelous things are wrought. <laughs> Amen. Powerful things are wrought. Amen. It's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, until the spirit be poured out from on high, it says the wilderness will be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field will be counted for a forest. So the spirit of God brings in the dimension of God's influence and power that brings about fruitfulness. The wilderness will become a fruitful field, and the fruitful field will be counted for a forest. And this is, there's one thing here that 
um, I want you to understand when it comes to the move of the Spirit. Now, in the Old Testament, the Spirit moved upon them, and then there were seasons that they didn't have the move of the Spirit. Okay? But in the New Testament, the move of the Spirit is very different. Considering Jesus, the anointed one, when the Spirit came upon him, this was how John the Baptist knew who Jesus was, the Christ was. How did he know? Upon whomsoever you see the Spirit come and rest and abide, that is the Christ. Amen? Now, for the prophets of old, the Spirit moved upon them, all right, and then the Spirit left. When they needed to prophesy, the Spirit came upon them, and then the Spirit left. But in the case of Christ, the Bible tells us that the Spirit came upon him and abided. So, the Spirit came to rest, to stay. Glory to God. Amen? Lighting upon him. Now, let's, let's look at this scripture in John, John chapter 3. All right, I, I love for us to start the reading here from verse, start from verse um, okay, 27. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given from heaven. Verse 28, ye yourselves bear witness with me that I said I'm not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that had the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which um, standeth and heareth him, rejoiced greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Okay, go on. He that cometh from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He, he that cometh from heaven is above all. Go on quickly. And what he had seen and heard, that he testified, and no man received his testimony. He that received, had received his testimony had set to his seal that God is true. Verse 34. For he whom God had sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. Do you see that? Okay, so for Christ, the spirit of God was poured upon him perpetually. He was under the influence of the Holy Spirit 24-7. For the prophets, look up please, this is very important. For the prophets, the prophets had the spirit upon them. They said what they needed to say by the spirit, and when they were done saying those things, the spirit lifted from off them. But for Christ, the spirit of God came to rest, to abide on him. That means the spirit came upon him and never departed and then come back again to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. No. It was under that influence perpetually. The reason why people touched him at any time T those who believed and virtue came out of his body and they were healed. Amen? Anytime tea. Either I was praying or sleeping. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, I want us to look at this, this Bible study. Let's look at the, the, the Christ dimension of the operations of the Spirit, the move of the Spirit. 
Now, the Bible tells us that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You know what that means? That means we have come to that place of oneness with him. Now, he is the head, the anointed one Christ. We are the body. Now, the way the New Testament church ought to operate, if you understand, you know, the order very clearly, we are meant to operate under the influence of the Spirit of God 24-7. Yes. 24-7. Because that is the dimension of Christ. Upon whomsoever you see the Spirit alight and abide. He says, that's the one. That's the Christ. So the Spirit comes, all right, upon and then abides. You know, in our case, the Spirit didn't come upon us when we received the Spirit to depart and then come again. The Spirit came to dwell. True? Yeah. The Spirit came to stay. The Spirit came to stay. That is the dimension of Christ. Come on, say Christ. All right. Now, they operated, all right, um, sporadically, disjointedly, under the influence of Christ in the Old Testament, but we are operating in Christ and we are one with Christ. He's the head and we are the body. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Now, the influence of the Spirit of God ought to stay on your life. That's the point. So that you don't speak empty words. The words you speak are words of grace and of power. Can someone say amen to that? All right. That is the Christ dimension. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29. Galatians 3 and verse 29. It says, if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It calls us Christ's. We belong to Christ. We are one with Christ. We are members of his body. We are bones of his bones. We are flesh of his flesh. He calls us Christ. So that means the order of the move of the Spirit of God upon us ought to be perpetually. Now, this, this is strange somehow for some people. Like, hmm, really? Okay. So how did Paul leave? For example, Paul, the apostle. How did he leave? The Bible says handkerchiefs or aprons were taken from the body of Paul and laid on the sick from his body. Laid on the sick and those who were possessed of devils, the sick were made whole. The devil possessed people were delivered. Amen? Taken from his body. Now, he didn't have to pray a special prayer. But because Paul had mastered this principle of Christ, Christ, this is the mystery that was hidden before the foundation of the world and it's been revealed to us today that Christ in us, the hope of glory. Oneness with Christ is the hope of living perpetually under the influence of the glory of God. Hallelujah. And this, this mystery has been unveiled. Amen? Now, at the pool called Bethesda, in John chapter 5, the angel of the Lord would come 
at certain seasons and will stir the waters. Whosoever jumps into the pool first is made whole of whatsoever disease that the person may have. But they had to wait again until the stirring of the waters. But Jesus was speaking to something when he walked up to the man who had been bedridden 38 years. Would that be made whole? He was looking at him and said, what are you saying? Made whole, are you the pool? Are you the water? Amen. Because his expectation was glued to the pool and the stirring of the pool. He said, look, I have no man to carry me and put me in the pool when the pool is dead. All right? Jesus looked at him. I am the stead one, continually stead, the anointed one. Rise up, take up your bed and walk. He didn't need the pool. He didn't have to enter into the pool, but he was made whole. Hallelujah. <laughs> what does that tell you? The stead pool is here. Glory to God. Jesus, the Lord said, he that believes in me, as the scripture has said, John chapter 7 and verse 37 out of his innermost being, the core of his being, his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. He didn't say shall flow once in a while. He says shall flow, shall flow. The word flow means shall flow. Flow, rivers flow. All right? Dry season, rivers flow. Wet season, rivers flow. It's a flow. All right? That is independent of the season. <laughs> Glory to God. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. He says, but this picky of the Holy Ghost, which those who believe in him should receive, for the Holy Ghost had not been given at the time because Jesus had not been glorified. But thank God he's been glorified now. Amen? <laughs> so he calls it a flow. Did you see that? It's a flow. Oh, dear. It is a flow. It is a flow. Did you see that? Again, the Bible tells us, it says, there is a river. And the streams whereof, it says, they make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. God is in the midst of her. God doesn't go and come back. God is in the midst of her. Therefore, she shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. So the abiding flow of the stream of God. The abiding flow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Come on now. I said glory to God. Okay? For us in the Christ order, all right, we are meant to be under the influence of the Spirit of God perpetually. That is the principle of Christ. On whomsoever you see, the Spirit alight and abide. That is Christ. That is how you can recognize Christ. All right? When John was confused as to who Christ was because he was in prison and he expected, you know, Jesus to come at least wield his power to bail him out. <laughs> and then he sent two of his disciples to ask if he was a Christ or not. And Jesus didn't say a word. He opened the eyes of the blind. You see, the anointing was perpetually walking upon him and with him. Glory to God. He was the anointed one of God, day and night. He was fairer than the children of men. Grace had been poured into his lips. Therefore, God had blessed him forever. See? So, 
What does that mean? It simply means that anyone who is joined to Christ ought to have the same experience. It's the same experience. It ought not to be different. (laughs) Glory to God. It ought not to be different. Now, to understand this very clearly, how did the disciples receive the Holy Spirit at Pentecost? The Bible tells us that the whole room was filled with the Spirit of God. They appeared upon them clothing tongues like as of fire. He sat upon each and every one of them. All right? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, that was the beginning of speaking with other tongues. They began to. They began to. Not that they spoke in other tongues and then it was recorded in past tense. They began to from that moment and subsequently they spoke and then day after day they spoke with other tongues. Praise God. Why? Because God's plan for anyone who is joined to Christ is to come under the influence of the Spirit of God perpetually. Now, when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, according to the will of God and by the Holy Spirit, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, he told them, he says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The word be there, we've seen this, you know, over and over again. You know, Greek scholars tell us that the word be is in the continuous tense. It's like be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. That is the order of Christ. Stay filled. Stay filled. Amen? Oh, dear. Thank you, Lord. Stay filled. So be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, are you getting something here? Be being filled continuously because that is the order of Christ. Stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We are not meant to speak empty words. We are to, we are to speak words. We are meant to speak words seasoned with salt. Words full of grace. He says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace, grace. We speak words of grace, words that minister grace to people. Say amen to that. Grace, 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 flowing from the spirit of grace. Now, let me, let me take you back to John chapter 7 quickly. In verse 37, I want to show you something here. When Jesus the Lord was describing the experience of receiving the Holy Spirit, he shows us how it's going to happen. He says, if any man thirst, thirst, desire, let him come unto me and drink. Drink, open your mouth and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now look up, please. You drink, hello, and the drink in you becomes a river or rivers of living water. Amen? Oh, dear. I can, I can sense this, this thing in my bones. Amen? Rivers of living water. What does that mean? It simply means that when you receive the Holy Spirit... The fountain 
of the power of God, the wisdom of God is already in you. You have received the fountain of the river of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. Amen? Now, you are not meant to seek other fountains. You are meant to understand the fountain that you have received and the principles that govern the perpetual flow of the Holy Spirit. He says, the Spirit of God will be with you. He will abide with you forever. Not for a season. They didn't enjoy that under the old covenant. But he says, in this Christ order, the Spirit has come to rest, has come to stay, has come to abide. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Amen. So, Paul, we're not told whether he was praying or he was not praying. But the Bible says handkerchiefs or aprons were taken from his body. Look at it, Acts of the Apostles chapter 19 and verse 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. How? Okay, verse 12. So that from his body were brought unto the sick from his body. Maybe he never said a prayer, but from his body. Christ was magnified and glorified in his body. Amen? And you see, this, this has nothing to do with whether you're a businessman and all that. If you are Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed. You are Abraham's seed. Amen? And heir according to the promise. You see, Christ is Christ. Either you are a pastor, an evangelist, a businessman, a politician. If you're born again, all right, you are hooked up to Christ. You're one with him. You ought to operate under the influence of the Spirit perpetually. Can someone say amen to that? Now, the moment that sinks, you will never struggle again. You won't wake up any day in your life and you feel, ah, I wish I was soaked in the anointing. Amen? Now, the Lord spoke to me those early days and he said, a time comes in your life that you will not be able to tell the difference between your natural feeling and the feeling of the anointing, the impact of the Spirit of God on you. They will mingle together and they will feel alike. <laughs> Amen. And as time went on, I discovered that I cannot tell whether this is a feeling of the anointing or a natural feeling anymore. Why? Because they are like the same now. I feel this thing 24-7. Someone says, well, should we walk by feeling? It's not by feeling, it's by faith. When your faith is strong enough, listen very carefully, it becomes your feeling. Amen? Because it is unto you according to your faith. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. So then, Paul showed us here that you can carry the influence of the Spirit of God on your body so strong that any cloth that leaves your body. <laughs> I remember what happened years ago. I was meditating. I was in bed, just meditating in bed. And, you know, um, in between sleep, sometimes wake up and um, it became so strong, the impact of the Spirit of God was strong on me. 
and the waves and the billows of the spirit were flowing over my soul and my body. And that happened for three days on that bed. Of course, I was not on the bed 24-7. Stand up, do other things. And, but for three days, I was just retreating. I was there. And my mom was sick. So I wanted to pray for her. And the Lord spoke up within me, no, don't pray for her. So what do I do? Tell her to go and sleep on your bed. That's all. So we tried to carry her because she couldn't walk. Okay, she was very weak. We carried her, placed her on my bed. The moment her back touched the bed, the power of God hit her. She began to vibrate under the influence of the power of God, and she was revived. She didn't need to sleep on that bed. She sat up, she stood up, she started giving thanks to God, and she was made whole. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God forevermore. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Another one happened. There was a beloved one where at Ife City then, all right, in Ilefe, Oshun State, Nigeria. Um, there was a beloved one who was sick in the house, and the Lord said to me, touch him. All right? So I placed my hand on that beloved one, and he was revived. <sighs> I started running around the house. Glory to God. That quickening power. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal body. Amen. It can also quicken your mind that you start seeing solutions at work. You start seeing possibilities. You know how to solve problems. You know how to connect the dots. You just see Opportunities. Why? Because of the impact of the Spirit of God on your mind. Same Spirit. Different and many effects. Same Spirit. Same Spirit. <laughs> Praise God. So, then, the Spirit of God is meant to mantle us in Christ. Did you hear that? The Spirit of God is meant to mantle you. That is the Christ order. You are meant to stay under the influence of that Spirit perpetually, continually. Now, for those who don't stay under it and they say, well, that is how it works, maybe they don't know that anything that is called Christ or anyone that is called Christ is meant to carry the Spirit perpetually. Upon whomsoever you see the Spirit, you see, on Elijah, he didn't rest. It came on him, used him, and was lifted. On Moses, it did not rest. On those who, you know, wrote the Holy Scriptures, the Spirit didn't rest on them. Holy men of old spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. There was a move of the Spirit of God on them, and it was short-lived. All right? It was seasonal. He was epileptic. It was not a flow was not a flow. <laughs> but speaking of us, it says, out of your belly shall flow. Flow. Come and say flow. All right. Shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Now, the tone of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 speaks volume. The tone tells us that, look, 
this is God's order, this is God's plan for us, but be being filled. Stay under the impact of the Spirit. You're meant to. You're meant to stay under that influence of the Spirit the rest of your life because you belong in that order, the order of Christ. If you be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed. Glory to God. Okay? We belong in that order. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we got born again, what happened? We came into union with Christ. If any man be in Christ, meaning if any man comes into union with Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Oneness with Christ. Now, if you cannot deny that you're one with Christ, you ought not to deny that you are meant to carry the anointing of the Spirit of God on your life perpetually. Because that's Christ. And that's how Christ is known. If he comes and goes, that's not Christ's order. The Christ order, it, it comes to stay. Praise God. Did you see that? Comes to stay. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So let's see how we, 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 we can make this happen. See, the speaking, the commanding dimension of speaking words, that one is very easy. <laughs> Amen. Okay. But staying under the influence of the spirit, um, that is what we need to understand and master. It's easy also. But you have to learn it and master it. Because that's the principle of Christ. So be not drunk with wine when it's excess, but be filled with the spirit. Be being filled with the spirit. Be being filled with the spirit. Be being filled with the spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Speaking to yourselves. All right? Not being quiet to yourself. This is not like you're meditating now, but speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That means you talk to yourself. Amen? Because getting filled with the Spirit or staying under the influence of the Spirit of God has to do with your mouth and your desire. Your mouth and your desire. Does any man thirst? Let him come unto me and drink. So you open your mouth. You don't wake up in the morning and you feel... It doesn't work that way. You open your mouth. Father, I give you thanks because you are good and you're gracious and you're kind. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your loving kindness. All right? You lift your hands and give thanks to God. You can talk to yourself. Speak to yourself. I am God's anointed one in Christ. The impact of the Spirit of God is upon me. You're talking. I have been joined to the Lord and I'm one spirit with him. For it is written concerning me that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Hallelujah. Now you speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You are edified. You are encouraged. You are strengthened. Can someone say amen to that? Speak to yourself. And then it says singing and making melody in your heart. Okay, now when it comes to singing unto the Lord, God is not so particular about the particular key you are singing on or with. Amen. Okay, you may not be given to music, but you can sing because it says all of them should sing. Speaking to yourselves, everybody, singing and making melody to the Lord, in your heart to the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so we, we all may sing. We may all sing. 
we may all sing. Amen? Mm-hmm. So you sing and dance and rejoice. Amen? Now we understand why the Bible says rejoice evermore. Because after the order of Christ, we are meant to rejoice for how long? Forever. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. (laughs) Glory to God. Rejoice. Keep rejoicing. Thank you, Father. There comes a generation of believers and that generation begins now. They will carry the fullness of the Spirit to the ends of the world in power and in wisdom. Amen? Strong. Because that's the order of Christ. You're not meant to carry it and drop it and pick it up again. No. You're meant to carry this influence and impact of the Spirit perpetually. Look at what happened. Even Mary the Virgin, when she was to conceive Jesus, the Savior. The Bible says, the angel told her, the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow. That means for nine months, she was under the influence of the Spirit of God because she was to carry Jesus Christ in her womb. And because Jesus was formed in her womb, the anointing was strong upon her for nine months. Now that same Christ that she carried in her womb, amen, that same Jesus, you are now one with him. You're one with him not for three months, not for nine months. You're one with him forever. Praise God. And so you are meant to be under the, inf- the power of the highest overshadowing you. Look at Peter. This was The apostles understood this dimension. His shadow healed the sick. The shadow of Peter. That at the least, the shadow of Peter coming upon the sick, they may be made whole. So they arranged them. They arranged them on the street. Amen? And then the shadow of Peter, and they were made whole. Made whole. Made whole. The impact of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. Amen? Now let me say this. This this is very important. Stay in prayer. All right? There are certain things in the Bible that we are meant to do Non-stop. We are meant to do continually. And anytime the Bible gives us an instruction as to prayer, it says to pray without ceasing. To pray continually. All right? It says to pray without ceasing, pray continually. Being instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. That means continue. The apostle said, we will give ourselves continually, continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. So prayer, particularly this kind of prayer, praying in other tongues, ministering to the Lord with your spirit. Hallelujah. By the Holy Ghost. What a blessing it is. Mm. 
What a blessing it is. You lift up your hands. Oh, can you roll on the keyboard? Father Lord, bring us into this dimension of Christ in our experience. That every man will see and understand it. That we are meant to live under the impact and influence of the Spirit 24-7. 24-7. Even when we are laughing, that impact is there. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands. You cannot be fatigued under this influence of the Spirit of God on your life. You are not meant to walk. You are not, you are not meant to live life without the impact of the Spirit of God on your life. You deserve the glory and the honor as we lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the As we lift our hands in worship, as we praise your holy name, for you are great, you to miracles so great, there is no one else like you, no one else like you, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We belong in this order. <laughs> you deserve the glory. Thank you, Lord. And the honor. Love to lift our hands in worship. As we praise your holy name, you is the glory and the honor. As we lift our hands in worship, as we praise your holy name, for you are great, you do miracles so there is no one else like no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. No one else like you. There is no one else like you. 
impact of the Spirit of God is like a wave right now over everyone here present listening to me. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is like a wave upon you. Understand that you're meant to live under the influence of the Spirit of God all the rest of your life. It's not by power. It's not by might. But by my Spirit saith the Lord. Your words ought to be powerful because you speak by the influence of the Spirit of God. You do what you do by the power of the Holy Ghost. You get results. Thank you, Lord. Believe that you belong in the Christ order. Believe it. Believe it with everything within you. Believe believe. You're meant to have the impact of the Spirit of God on your life 24-7. That is your destiny. You've been cut out for this. You've been made for this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Forever you will be. Forever you will. The Lamb upon God's throne. I gladly bow my Forever, forever you will be. It's not by power nor by mind, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The Lamb upon those Forever you will be. Forever you 
things are being wrought right now I tell you for those who are watching the hand of the Lord is strong upon you I tell you the lifting of
what you require to begin to declare right now begin to speak right now restoration is mine concerning this matter restoration is mine hallelujah have it back much more much more much more much more i have this back even much more much more open your mouth and declare by the holy ghost come on now declare authoritatively Oh, 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 oh. 